This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Now, Kristen, I do want to transition here, the second part of the segment, uh, to talk about one, W-O-N-E, because I came across it. Someone sent an article maybe on LinkedIn, uh, Mm. and it just absolutely blew my mind, and I pushed it through my uh, social media channels, and we were having conversations uh, about kind of the approach. So Mm. before I reveal it uh, or have you reveal it, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your transition from Nike into creating your own company? Cause this is cool stuff. I mean, you're I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be, I'm going to just entrepreneurially just build my own company. And I'm going to take these, this incredible trajectory of learnings and skills and, and interests that you have talked about in the last segment. I'm going to actually channel it into my own thing. Talk, talk a little bit about that impetus. Right. Um, I think at some point in time, I just, I, I had gotten disenfranchised with what was, uh, you know, the, the actual fashion industry. I was just done. Mm. Um, so that's actually the reason why I left Nike in the first place. Mm-hmm. I had a year off. I had a non-compete that I was um, sitting out for. Oh. And so I had this year of just kind of visualizing what I wanted to do in the future. Got and it. I was, um, you know, Again, I, I wanted nothing to do with fashion anymore. I wanted a oh, break. Okay. And so I was, I was going to get into painting or what have you. <laughs> wow. And, you know, grandiose visions of what I was going to do. Um, and I was working out quite a bit. I was taking, you know, some uh, boxing classes. Okay, okay. And I was not wearing uh, Nike product anymore because I didn't have to. Okay. <laughs> and so I was able to then really sort of dive in and, and look for um, these these particular pieces that I was hoping would exist. And lo and behold, they don't exist. I'm going, this is completely frustrating yeah, because now I'm being sucked into <laughs> back into fashion because <laughs> there's this massive gaping hole that I need to help fill. Gotcha. Um, and, and just to, just yeah. to pause you really quickly, Kristen, be, try, tell us ex- specifically what exactly were you looking for in those garments, in those products that you that you were unable to find, what right. what's, what specifically I, was missing? Yeah, I had uh, because of working uh, the way that I did, and it, just my my industry background in general, I had visibility to uh, what really could be these these raw fabrications that were incredibly beautiful, very expensive, mm-hmm. but incredibly beautiful, um, and. I think what I was looking for was a very basic, timeless silhouette that I could wear forever. Um, I was looking for these types of fabrications. I was willing to invest, you know, a, a couple extra dollars mm-hmm. into um, the quality, but I just didn't, you know, I, I wasn't able to find any of these pieces. What I was, what I was finding was sort of the opposite. It was this athleisure approach um, to <laughs> to a world that, you know, I spend a lot of time in. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time working out and obviously in these garments and therefore I would assume that somebody would be coming up with this. So I did an incredible amount of research and just couldn't find it. Interesting. Um, right. You, you'd think that somebody would have come up with this, but I think um, this world tends to lend itself to being an easy entry point mm. for 
um, designers or, you know, somebody that's sort of fresh out of school um, and has a couple bucks to start a company, it's, you know, it's seemingly very easy to get into. And therefore, again, the product, I think, suffers for it mm-hmm. um, and becomes really a conversation around, you know, what what embellishments can you add to a garment instead of what can you take away? Gotcha. And I think that that's, yeah, that's, that's a more sophisticated approach. And I think that that, that approach definitely has to come from somebody with, you know, some, some really gnarly industry experience. <laughs> really gnarly industry experience, yeah. indeed. This is true. Uh, one, W-O-N-E, wearone.com. And so how would you describe your, this, this is very interesting, Kristen, how would you describe your customer? What are they like? God, my customer is so amazing. I get to talk to so many different people, and it it really is less about a specific um, demographic okay. as, as we know it mm-hmm. now. I can't, it's, it's hard to put an age range on Got it. Um, who is attracted to what I'm doing. Um, and I don't even personally like to look at it that way. Um, what I do like to look at is the actual philosophy. How are people connecting with the brand Interesting. Um, in, in that capacity? Yeah. And so the, the women that are, um, and, and men too, um, oh. that are attracted to, yeah, my, my husband wears um, our shorts. I've got a bunch of um, celebrities too that are uh, in love with men that are in love with the shorts. Interesting. Um, we, okay. Yeah, we cut, it, we cut it a bit bigger. And I mean, I, you know, I, I think gender becomes um, less and less, like I said, a conversation. And so yet while, yes, I was... Um, initially thinking of a woman when I was designing this, it mm-hmm. just happened to lend itself uh, to men as well. And so for one, W-O-N-E, uh, wearone.com, uh, the product is uh, athletic. Tell me about the product. It is athletic wear. It's like stretch, you know, com- is it meant for hardcore workouts? Is it meant for... It is. Okay. It is. Oh, it's we're, ca- we're absolutely um, foundationally, um, f- from a concept level, uh, stabilized there. That's, mm-hmm. I, I'm really adamant about making sure that all of our products um, you're able to work out in. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a woman just email me, um, she actually was from Minneapolis and did the... Uh, Twin Cities Marathon okay. in um, in our leggings, and wow. was yeah, was so excited about it. And so the um, the core properties of all the fabrications are just the highest level mm-hmm. um, of elite performance. And generally speaking, these fabrics are only made available to um, elite level athletes because they are so expensive. Gotcha. And so they're not. You know, they're not making um, products that, you know, sort of the average person would be wearing. Interesting. So I have to talk, yeah. I have to talk a little about this because you're talking about kind of a, a specialized product, very special, super high quality, will last a very long time and stand up to anything you could throw at. It's a very special product. Uh, and But when I was exposed to the, uh, to the website, uh, wearone.com, W-E-A-R-W-O-N-E.com for listeners out there, it was very interesting, Kristen, because I read one story that was basically saying that you, as the founder, have this 
deeply personal one-on-one relationship with your customers such that you don't just go and buy this. You actually have to kind of request to buy. And after kind of having, and tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but after, you know, after you and colleagues kind of, you know, I don't want to use the word vet, but after you kind of have a conversation or have an, an interaction of sorts with this customer, they are allowed to purchase within a certain time frame. Is that how this works? Talk a little bit about that process. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, you know, keep in mind that we're, you know, I launched uh, the brand what, the, roughly six months ago okay. was when we actually shipped uh-huh. uh product. And so the, the brand is still, it's still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the original intent was absolutely to do that, um, to make sure that we weren't getting uh, any sort of competitors. Oh, um, I see. The, uh, yeah, I on see. The site for you know nefarious purposes. I see. Um, yeah, and there's you know there's there's some you know some stuff that happens that's you know not so lovely within the fashion industry. In okay. Terms of knocks knockoffs and what have you. Mm. So that's that is more of the reason why we were sort of quote unquote screening people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other portion of that was just that I I desperately want to make product for uh, the the best product for a select group of people. And the people that are attracted to the brand, I want to know who they are. Gotcha. I want to know how I can help them. Um, I'm finding, too, I just had a woman um, that I'm connecting with via email um, because she has access to me Mm -hmm. uh, that that wants this product um, because she's got these horrific skin conditions. Interesting. Um, okay. That, yeah, and these, uh, this particular disease that um, she is looking for fabrications that are high quality and that will, you know, actually be helping her skin. This is not something that I'm going to come up with on my own. This is this is real customer feedback, and yes. so this is this is the reason why. Um, when I send out uh, an email and, you know, you, you sign up for the site, I send out an email. Um, if you respond to that email, it goes directly to me. I see. Wow. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so and I, I really love, people always ask me too about scalability. Yes. And I always reference uh, Paul Graham uh, from YC, the mm. um, Do Things That Don't Scale article okay translated into several different languages yes because i think it's i i think it's really important um to build brands from a really authentic That's... very concentrated focused standpoint gotcha and then from there those principles are sort of ingrained in the brand and then you come up with really beautiful solutions to oh, uh-huh. continue to have uh that sort of focus and um having that part of your brand. Interesting. I got to ask you this, Chris. And so I I love this approach because what you're saying is like, listen, I'm going to develop these deep relationships with my customers. And, you know, you know, the media might want to call it, well, that's just screening, but you know, you're, you're building these relationships. Uh, But how, how do you counteract? Because it was really interesting when I read the article, Kristen, I, I, I've, part of me was like, I'm not sure that, I mean, they were pitching it like there's this exclusivity, you know, you might get right. turned down yes. and they were kind of like yes. selling the story well, as if it was like, you know, and I was like, yes. I'm, I wonder, you know, I'd love to talk to Kristen because I bet she has yes. a different perspective than the folks who are like trying to sell stories on their, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, 
and that's absolutely the case. And I found it to be, I mean, everyone wants, you know, the salacious story and it's, you know, sort of clickbait at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've gotten hate mail and, you know, things like this. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, again, I I don't care <laughs> to put out, you know, mediocre product into the universe. That's gotcha. not, I don't think that's helpful to anyone. Right. And so what you're going to do, Kristen, you're saying, listen, I have a beautiful product. I've spent a lot of time creating this beautiful product. It's a very nice product. I want deep relationships with my customers. So I want to engage them and talk to them and hear their personalized needs and deliver these products to them. And I'm going to do it so that in a way that protects this brand and the integrity and authenticity of this brand. And if you hate on that, you just hate on it. But, you know, yes, this is what this absolutely. is your this is kind of your philosophy. Yes. Absolutely. You should come do sales for me. <laughs> hey, I absolutely. I was fascinated because, you know, the people were like, you know, you go to the Instagram page and there's nothing there. It's like a one, it's like one white post and it's like so provocative and like, yeah, you know, it's wow. You know, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, I was like, this is really yeah, cool. It's, yeah, but you know, I mean, if you if you do, you know, a bit of research right now too. Like, I love this dark social, mm-hmm. um, where you know people are sharing in a really different way. I think um, the numbers are showing that it's that that is where the engagement is happening with a brand, and that's that's more of my interest, anyways. Is if you're if you're really honest about having the most phenomenal product you can and having a great customer service experience. Mm-hmm. That that is going to be the foundation of your brand and is why people are going to come back to you and be lifelong customers and also tell their friends. Right. It should be so simple. Gotcha. Kristen Hildebrand, thank you so much for coming on the thank show tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Listeners, you can find out more about Kristen and one, W-O-N-E, at whereone.com. That's W-E-A-R-W-O-N-E.com. You got to go check it out. It's some really, really cool products. And the approach that Kristen is doing is fantastic. Developing one-on-one personalized customers' relationships is absolutely amazing. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.